Hello, listeners to Continuing Conversations and Watchers. Um, you will see that today's episode uh, covers a sensitive subject or something that could be triggering to some. It's about mental health in gaming. And so we always want to treat these subjects with the right level of dignity and respect. Um, we will be providing uh, before and after the show some information uh, people could contact in order to get more information about mental health. Um, mental health first aid is offered by a number of organizations, and there's a link to mentalhealthfirstaid.org, wherein someone can take a course, uh, find a course about how to deal with mental health issues that might arise in daily life with ourselves or with friends. Also, the number for the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 988, and that can be called or texted. In addition, um, we today's guest that we're going to have on um, is involved with D8 Summit Charities. It's a 5013C3 charity organization headquartered in Illinois that attends events across the country. They seek to support local causes while also providing educational outreach to the gamer community. They seek to give voice to new and underrepresented people in the gamer community. And you can find them at D8, the number eight, summit.org and learn more about their charity events. Again, um, we want you all to have a great time playing, um, but we want to also understand that sometimes we have life happen and we want to take care of our mental health. All right. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another Continuing Conversations. I have to say, we've been wanting to do this episode for years. It has come up so many times, especially during and after the pandemic. And so me and Jim are so happy to have you all tuning into this week's Continuing Conversations. Of course, first, introductions. I'm Michael Dismuke. I am a lead writer for Captain's Log, solo RPG, in addition to being a freelance writer for Star Trek Adventures, a blogger on uh, Continuing Mission, which is the number one fan site for Star Trek Adventures RPG, and so happy to be a co-host here with the fantastic Jim Johnson. Hey everybody, Jim Johnson. I'm the project manager and line editor for the Star Trek Adventures RPG and the Captain's Log Solo RPG, both published by Medifius Entertainment. I'm super uh, honored and excited to also be the co-host on this podcast with Michael. Uh, Low these many 107, 108 something episodes. I don't know where we are now, but we're cruising right along into, into the second half of the hundred i know we'll, we'll work our way toward 200 but it'll be a while before we get there uh but we're working on it so uh, we're having fun and uh, we keep finding new and interesting topics to talk about and uh, i think we've got a really great important episode tonight but before we talk about the topic we're going to introduce our guest connor and uh, as is tradition on our show uh please introduce yourself you know tell us a little bit about yourself uh and then also somewhere in there fold in your favorite star trek series and your favorite Star Trek captain. Or person. Or, or person. Person, character. Yeah. yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. we, we, okay. We, we, we. Wow. Um, so hey everybody. Uh my name is uh Connor Self. Uh my pronouns, he him. Uh I am a mental health therapist. I work uh in the public schools uh with youth and their families, uh addressing a number of mental health concerns, holistic uh and community-based health concerns, 
um, and and help uh, families find access uh, to mental health services, as well as you know protecting and, and nurturing our community. Um, I serve uh, in the uh, leadership of our state counseling association uh, in that capacity, um, and am involved in a number of, of community initiatives. Um, but uh, I'm really excited about a lot of the other stuff I do because I've been a gamer since um, since a young kid and a trekker since an incredibly young age as well. Um, I uh, grew up uh, watching uh, the original uh, Star Trek. Um, it was my first Star Trek. Uh, my parents let me watch it. Uh, they said, oh, this is this is terrible television, but it gets them interested in science. And then and, and that's good. Um, now that I'm older. Yeah, they're absolutely correct. Yeah, it was terrible television. I love it. It is still my favorite Trek um, uh, because uh, because it really uh, encapsulates and captures a lot of the um, the uh, the idealism, the sense of exploration, uh, encountering the unknown, um, and and engaging it uh, with all of our humanity. Um, I am. Uh, in gaming spaces, I am a, um, a gaming creative with, uh, with dozens of publications for various games, um, largely for Dungeons and Dragons. I'm a convention coordinator. I'm a professional dungeon master on Start Playing. Um, and a, uh, um, just, a big nerd. I'm just a big nerd. Here, here. Welcome. Let's talk about nerdery. Let's Welcome to this. the club. Okay. <laughs> and your favorite character? We know now. TOS is your favorite show. Favorite? Yeah. Character. Okay. So my favorite show is TOS. Um, but I'm really, really uh, interested in uh, where they are taking um, the uh, the the character of Pike. Um. I, I I think he's he's an interesting um, an interesting exploration into um, what does it mean uh, to live to your ideals even knowing that they might end in disaster. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, a lot of us we we have our beliefs and uh, which we, we try to live to them, but we're never quite certain how it's going to turn out. And for him, he's got a pretty solid understanding of where it's going to get him. Um. So, so I'm I'm curious to see how how closely he lives to those to those Starfleet ideals and those personal ideals as the show continues. Mm. Yeah. One question: How do you feel that you you said you know you're a therapist in the schools? How do you think Trek influenced that that decision that career decision? Do you, or if it did at all? In the original series, my favorite my my favorite character was Bones, mm. um, and I think I think he got me started because. Uh, well, I mean, I'm sure your listeners know that Bones is a psychiatrist, right? Um, they, uh, from the very beginning, um, they they had a vision that if you're going to have an extended voyage, years and years and years away from anything that you know, away from home, that you would need to make comprehensive mental health a part uh, of that for the crew to function and, and continue. And um, and so there were. Always um, um, considerations from the very beginning. Uh, I think you see it a lot more explicitly conveyed 
in um, in the newer Trek um, Discovery and Strange New Worlds sure. have several episodes themed specifically on mental health. Um, yeah. And and I'm always curious how how they're going to portray it, how they're going to handle it. Are they going to do it sensitively? Are they not? Um, are are the stories going to resonate with people? Are they going to be poignant and meaningful? Okay. So, Jim, that launches us into the theme of this. Why don't you go ahead and take it? Talk about the theme, why we invited Connor on the show. And, yeah, uh, well, I mean, obviously, I think with the with the credentials that that Connor brings to the table here, uh, clearly we want we've been wanting to do a mental health uh, and gaming episode for a long time, and I know we've touched on it a little bit here and there in a few episodes, and it's kind of come up, uh, just percolated up in different conversations we've had with different people about how important gaming is to a person's mental health um, all throughout life. Like, like it's it's escaping for some people. It's just a good way to get some healthy fantasy going on. Uh, it's just there's just so many health potential health benefits to to gaming with a group of people whether it's online or um you know face to face certainly and um i uh i you know obviously that's why we w- wanted to bring you on board uh to talk about this and um i don't michael i i know we've got a list of questions that we can go through but uh i thought maybe maybe we talk about some personal anecdotes about gaming and mental health and then just kind of see where where it goes and connor certainly feel free to you know jump in as appropriate uh clearly safe space uh you know i'm pretty vulnerable and uh and open to uh wearing my uh heart on my sleeve and michael i know you do much the same connor you go as far or as not as far as you want to go it's entirely up to you um i i want our our fans and our listeners to know that we are um yeah we're we're all here with you we're all gamers we all love what we're doing we all love star trek and um we've we've i think we've pretty well done a good job over the last hundred odd episodes to show that we're pretty open to everybody we want everybody on the show at some point fan or fan or professional whatever we we, we love you all so um i think that one of the i mean there's so many personal anecdotes i can talk about let's talk about the pandemic um specifically i think um even before the pandemic, like 2016, 2017 was a pretty big blow to my mental health, um, partly because I'm in America and uh, the election didn't go the way I hoped it would go. And a lot of the other people hoped it would go. And uh, that turned into, uh, you know, several years of uh, really deep suck, suckitude uh, for me, just uh, partly because my partner works in the federal government. There's a lot of challenges there. Uh, there's just a lot of turmoil and change. And then right in the middle of that, we got this pandemic and, um, you know, Connor, you were talking about how, um, you know, bones being on the ship, a, a psychiatrist being on the ship because the ship is far from home, far from things, you know, you're off in the great unknown. That kind of felt like the pandemic a little bit, right? Especially the first few months we were, we were shut down. We were isolated. I was home alone with my family. I couldn't go see my friends. I couldn't go do the things I like to do. Um, you know, cause we were all really trying to be smart and be safe and, and uh it was um for me as an introvert it was really really super hard uh because prior to that point you know my my partner went to work you know um you know four days <laughs> four days a week and i was working from home i worked from home and my son would be at school or daycare and so like 90 percent of the week the house was dead silent and it was beautiful right because i've got two cats cats are very quiet and it was just a very calm place to be right and then all of a sudden the pandemic hit my partner's home, my son's home, the noise level went through the roof day in and day out. And, you know, not that they were doing anything bad or anything negative. It's just like all of a sudden my quiet home became a much, it was like the weekend every day, right? It was like, it was constant stuff. And it's like, oh my gosh, I have nowhere to go. I have no, no escape. There's no, there's nowhere to get away and find some like, you know, me time. Um, 
And fortunately, I was working on Star Trek Adventures at the time. I, I had just been promoted to project manager. So I went from, from writer to editor into project management. And I discovered, I think somewhere in that time, I don't know if it was right during the pandemic or sometime a little bit after I picked up with Michael and we started doing a, 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 an informal podcast with um, Studio Tembo. And then that kind of morphed into this show. But even before then, like I discovered that I was really reaching out to the fans online just to connect with them and say like what are you doing with the game like oh they're doing twitches they're doing youtubes they're they're sharing their games online and i was really feeding off of that um and and to, to it reminded me of how important a game is and how much i miss playing my game with my friends because like every week i'd go to my friend's house and we'd play board games or card games or rpgs or something and all of a sudden that went away. And I was like, oh, I don't have any, even though I'm an introvert, I, now I have absolutely no connection with the outside world. <laughs> and I really missed it, right? Um, but gosh, it was so hard. Um, and I think I really kind of, part of me part of me mentally escaped into Star Trek Adventures, knowing that there was a huge online community of people talking about the game, playing the game, loving the game. And that really, truly buoyed me throughout the entire pandemic. I mean, it's still, it's still doing it now, right? I mean, um, we're still, the, you know, COVID hasn't gone away, even though it's, you know, depending on where you are in the spectrum, it's, it's either still there and very present or it's, uh, you know, not quite as present, but it's still there. And like, you know, people are getting sick all the time with it, but, uh, yeah, um, I discovered mental health wise that, that having the game to work on, but also being able to connect with fans on a regular basis really gave me a lot of positive mental health that just, just got me through some really, really dark times over the last few years. Um, so that's, that's the, I think that's the main thing I wanted to just kind of touch on is just like th that journey um, and specific, I mean, gaming in general, but Star Trek adventures in specific, partly because of Star Trek being so positive, so hopeful. Um, it, it gave me something to look forward to thinking like, we're going to get through this dark period and there's going to be something better on the other end. Don't know what that looks like yet. But at least I'm on this particular journey with these people who have this like this like interest of mine and we can kind of get through it together. Um, so, uh, Michael, I'll, I'll pause there. I, yeah, I, I, I want to ask Connor, do you find a commonality in like what Jim was talking about? Like what from your experience and you know, your cross between, you know, being, um, you know, a therapist and gaming? Or is that a common thing that he's talking about? And what's your what's your experience with that? Well, um. Uh, before before I address that, I just want to say it takes an awful lot of courage to admit that. So so thank you for uh, for being open and, and for even just opening and saying, you know, this is a safe space where people could could discuss these sorts of things. Um, I don't think that what Jim is talking about is um, that unusual. Uh, I, in in discussions I've had with people uh, it, during the pandemic and. Um, and and now in this in the sort of like rediscovering who we are following it, because I don't think we're quite there yet, even like just like discovering who we are um, as a people in a society following um, a lot of the norms have been shaken up um, a lot. A lot of our expectations of the way things have always been have sort of been cast by the wayside. And and so there, there's a certain amount of uncertainty, which breeds anxiety and stress. Um but the um, that positive message there of of Star Trek is honestly one of the things that kept me buoyed as well. Um, like uh, understanding that yes, um, you know things things do occasionally change; they do get shaken up. Um, but 
knowing that you have that hopeful message, uh, it, you know, and and knowing that I can look forward to it. I looked forward to New Trek through uh, through all of that because it kept me focused on on a better future. Um, the the health benefits of RPGs. Uh, people are, you know, researchers are looking into that still, right? We're still, we're still trying to get um, more evidence of, of not only of how they can help bolster mental health, but also ways that they can be used uh, to help with that. But there's ample research into games, uh, wider games in general, and and the benefits on, on mental health. And uh, the benefits are there. Uh, they they really can provide a lot of supports, and th- and there's there's things that that um, in games that can help with that. Um, uh, games uh, uh, at their very heart, uh, besides being recreational, are educational. Uh, we learn a lot about ourselves, and we learn a lot about each other through the act of playing. Um, our uh, people are hardwired to do that from a young age, uh, and you you can see it in in in. Uh, in children, uh, they they play, but through play, they they learn about the world, and um, it's no different as we get older. We're uh, on this planet. We're one of we're one of the few species that continue to play into adulthood. Right. Um, so never uh, there, we we never we never lose we never lose that sense that we can enjoy ourselves and still learn at the same time. As yeah. as far as far as like mental health though, when you're we're talking about like okay. This really lifts me up. One thing that you kept coming back to and you kept mentioning over and over, Jim, was community. Um, you know, I found a community of people that also found peace, comfort, hope in this. And I was able to share this with them. Um, and when we talk about gaming and the mental health benefits of gaming, obviously, some uh, keeping your mind uh, busy uh, has been shown uh, through through games like Sudoku crosswords or or any sort of intellectual engagement, even taking walks has been shown to insulate a person against dementia and Alzheimer's. Um, but the community building insulates people against anxiety, depression. Um, and 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 other serious mental health disorders. It's the when I talk to people about about games, and I, I always say the therapeutic part of games is the community. It's the it's the support um, that you get the the shared experience. The um, you know because through playing the game, you know the game is important. Uh, absolutely, but we play the game because it gives us an opportunity to interact with others. Um, it gives us that chance to connect. And um, and when you when you look at like what are the factors that really protect somebody from mental health concerns or help insulate them over and over again, the highest, like the one that rates at the top of the list is community and relationships. And so it's nice to hear you mention that, Jim, because if there's anything I could get across to a listener, uh, the the thing that's going to the thing about RPGs games that really are going to give you um, uh, help promote your health overall, it's going to be those relationships you form with other people around the table. 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, just a personal anecdote for me, I had my gaming group had transitioned. So between like 2013 and 2016, I wasn't gaming at all. And I was actually in a very dark place mentally, too. Um, it was just different things were happening in life. And in 2017, when Star Trek Adventures kind of launched, you know, with the, with the campaign, I got back into it. And immediately within three months, I was like, wow, I need this. I Because I, I didn't know, you know, when you don't know what you're doing, you're kind of doing things in deliberate, not deliberately. Um, mm-hmm. And then you get back into it, you're like, well, I actually kind of need this. And and uh, it's so important. I, it brought light back into that creativity. And I needed, again, people telling story, storytelling with me and such like that. So now I know I have to make it part of my life just because it's therapeutic <laughs> for me um, to do that. So then that's kind of my question. I know I want to talk about the difference between therapy and therapeutic. That's one of the questions we had for you. But I I, I think I want to kind of start in chronological order here because you're talking about that sense of community. And how does a gaming group create a safe space for this? We know some gaming groups, maybe they don't view gaming like that you know we've heard some horror stories about things that happen in gaming groups and of course we want to encourage people don't have these horror stories so give us some advice you know what's the first step to to create a uh, a group that is a safe space and mentally healthy what are some things that a group getting together should cover in a session zero maybe you know well um thank you uh for asking that question i'm I've been a long proponent of session zeros. Um, and uh, I know that there's uh, there are people all over the internet with, with a number of varying opinions about this. Um, oh, session zero, I've never had to have one with my gaming group or session zeros, they're a requirement for any game that I'm getting ready to hop in. Um, so a session zero at its heart, well, let's talk about the purpose of a session zero. The point behind a session zero is to promote the fun of all the players at the table. Period. It's all about promoting fun. So, how do you promote fun? Well, part of promoting fun is saying these are the kinds of stories that we'd like to tell. These are the sort of characters we'd like to play. That's one way to promote fun. Another way to promote fun is just to make sure that we're not doing something that's going to piss somebody off stress somebody out in a way that's not fun because a little bit of stress in games you need to have a little bit of tension but not so much that it ruins the experience um a lot of folks that that say well connor i I don't run a session zero at my table oftentimes what you see uh with with uh with individuals who say that is they've got a consistent gaming group that they've known for for many years decades personally known them uh, live alongside each other. Family, you know, families get together. Kids uh, get together and play. And in situations like that, it's probably not as important to run a let's talk about lines and veils. Let's talk about using the X card because I I've known you for for twelve years, fifteen years. We've seen an awful lot. I know what's going on in your life, and because I don't want to be a jerk, you know, the Wheaton rule. Uh, because I don't want to be a jerk, then I'm not going to include stuff in my game that I know is going to ruin your night. 
Uh, if my buddy Chuck is going through a really difficult divorce, I'm not going to throw marital discord in a game I'm running because I don't want to be a jerk to my buddy Chuck, who I've known for 15 years and know that he's going through an awful lot. Hey, let's, you know, let's just like get into a battle of honor with Klingons and, and call it good. Um, but when you have a gaming group where you don't maybe know each other, and, you know, especially like the, a lot of the gaming groups in the pandemic that were brought together because of the pandemic, these are folks that you maybe have just met. You haven't known them very long. You don't have the the luxury of 15 years of experience getting to know Chuck. And so you're not going to know meeting Chuck. Oh, Chuck has a lot going on at home in regards to his marriage. And so we're just going to stay away from that. You need to create a space where Chuck can say, hey, I'm here to have fun just like the rest of you. Please, let's just not go into this because it hits too close to home right now. And that's okay. And if you don't want to, if you don't want to be a jerk, uh, then you just sort of honor that. A, a session zero gives you a chance to have those conversations um, and and to and to bring them up uh, so that you can make sure that everybody's having fun. Because in the end, Chuck deserves to have fun too. He doesn't deserve to have his night ruined and and maybe have a, a, a crummy couple days when he should have been getting together with y'all and having fun. Um, you know, you 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 owe each other that. That that's kind of what a session zero does. Um, is it is it it is it promotes that sense of fun. Um, so what would I do? Um, I would talk about themes in an adventure. I talk about the sorts of characters you want to play. I would I would uh, ask people where some things that you're cool with having in the game, but you just don't want to role play through it, or some things you don't want to touch in the game at all. Um, I would say, okay, well, what if we forgot something, or you, or something wasn't mentioned? Um, hey, how can you you let us know? Um, you know, like something that the X card would do. And it works. Yeah. And I want to add to that and let Jim also add to it. Like some people, and I've been told this by my players, some people don't want to deal with social media in a game, meaning they don't want to deal with the negative argumentative. They don't want to deal with that level of stress where people are pitting ideologies against each other. They don't want to deal with that either. So they want that breath of relief and escapism to your point. So the session, the only way you know that is by session zero and letting people, if they say, I don't want to do that or this, don't embarrass them. Don't shame them. Be like, okay, this, as you said, game is for everybody to have fun. So I really love that you said that because, and I found that it's not only important to have a session zero, but a 1.5 and a two. And when you know people maybe in your, are having life experiences to check in with them and say, hey, do we need to adapt this for you? How you doing? And yeah. building up that trust. So I love that you hit all those points. Yeah, my my uh, my first rule of session zero and and any players in, in, my, in my campaigns will tell you this. Um, First rule, session zero, session zero is never over. So like we can always go back and revisit this at some point in the future. If things change, if we forgot something, if something comes up in a game, like, you know, let's have that communication. Um, I am a moderator on one of the largest uh, 5e forums on Facebook. We've got over 200,000 members. Um, most of the problems that people have with their gaming groups can be solved if people just communicated, right? And so if you've got this powerful tool where you can communicate with each other and keep that communication going and it keeps your game going so it doesn't like suddenly spontaneously explode in front of you and the game's done and then nobody's having fun anymore, like why wouldn't you use it? It's, I mean, it's kind of stupid not to, 
honestly, if if you if you value the game and you value your friendships that you make around the table, like yeah, absolutely. I think um, I remember in the in the dark ages before the internet, my group and I would we were gaming and we would we would try to make an effort to check in with each other either before the next session or like immediately after the session we just played. If we had time, right? We would get a snack break or something, and then we'd spend you know even if it was getting late, we'd be like, let's take 15, 20 minutes and just chat like. Did the game work out for you? Did, did we go places that you didn't want to go? Um, are there things that you want to see focused on next time? And then we'll, we'll touch on it then. That was before the internet. That was before we had easy tools that we have now. Um, but now, of course, um, we've been able to make use of game forums. Uh, we've been able to make use of uh, Discord. We've been able to make use of email and chat and stuff and Facebook chat and stuff. And that helps a lot because even if we're not at the game table together, we're still talking about the game. We're still thinking about the game. We may be thinking about our characters or or interactions or whatever, but it's a good chance for me as the game master to really just touch base either with individuals um, or with the group as a whole and say, uh, hey, you know, it kind of looked like you were having an off night the other night and you were getting triggered by a couple of different things. And did I do something wrong? Can I do something different next time? Um, You know, or was everything okay? Like, you know, just tell me what's your feedback there. And uh, that really helped to have that regular conversation with everybody because it helped me as a game master, keep my kind of finger on the pulse of where things were going and what the players were doing. Um, And I really appreciated it when the players took the initiative to do that themselves, right? They'd reach out to the other players or they'd reach out to me and said, hey, you know, that was a good session. Here's what I liked. Here's what I think could be improved, et cetera. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Take advantage of the communication devices that you have at your disposal, especially now that we're in the modern era, right? You know, there's just so much technology that you can take advantage of. Um, you know, there's there's no reason not to keep touch with your group, even if, you know, like you were saying earlier, Connor, you know, you've got a, fit, a group that's 15, 20 years old, deep you you know each other back and forth and forward you know your everybody's tendencies um it's still worth it to check in right i mean don't don't just assume that everything's copacetic just because you've known the guy for 30 years <laughs> or, or 20 years or whatever um you know everybody's got their own thing going on and you don't even if you know somebody well you may not know exactly where they are um yeah. so don't be afraid to reach out I want you to expand on something, Connor. You said session zero never ends. And I like yeah. that in conjunction with what Jim's saying is because I know for the people I've played with, I was very careful in my selection process of who came in to an online game via Discord because I don't know these people. I knew they were writers for Star Trek Adventures, many of them. Um, and I invited them because I expected certain a certain level of maturity, <laughs> you know, for, for them to be a Trek writer. And so I felt safe because normally I never play online with anyone I don't know. That's my rule. So mm. so I because you just don't know, you know, what's going on in their life. And it's been nice to see with selecting the right mature group of people to play with is one, we have a side forum just talking about what's going on in our personal lives. Like, hey, this is going on, this is going on. And I think that's important because that gives you insight. Like, oh, if all of a sudden a hurricane is hitting your part of the town or your part of the country, mm-hmm. I, gaming is not the most important thing for us to be doing right now. We may need to stop, make sure you're safe. Is your family okay? And I thought I, that's my kind of piece of advice with the session zero never ending is, is you know, what's your advice about how we keep track of that? Because there's some t- days where you really shouldn't be playing the game and you should just be taking care of the person. Well, um, I can I can speak to how I how I do it in my games. Um, anybody that's listening, uh, just note your mileage may vary. 
um, with with these uh, with these tools. But this is how I handle it um, at my tables. Um, the first thing I do um, is there is never a penalty for somebody having to miss a session ever. Um, so if somebody has to miss a session. In, in my in my campaigns, people will those that are comfortable will tell me the sorts of things going on in their life, um, and uh, I hear them out. I um, I tell everybody I'm a therapist. I'm not your therapist, but I am a therapist. Like I'm more than happy to listen. But you know, I'm also a friend. And if somebody says something, like when they miss a game, they're missing a game because they got stuff going on because they want the outlet too. They want to be able to hang out with people that they know. They want to have a good time and they want to blow off some steam. So if they're going to miss a game, it's for a good reason. And I will never, ever penalize a player for not coming. People are like, well, what do you do with a story? If I can pretend and the rest of us can pretend that elves and dragons and magic are real, then we can pretend that a character somehow is off screen for an entire episode. Uh, this is no different than, you know, uh, watching Star Trek. And we do this all the time. You know, this is a Star Trek podcast. Not every character is in every episode of Star Trek. Sometimes they're just not there. And somehow we're able to suspend disbelief long enough to have a, 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 a complete episode that way. <laughs> yeah, well, um, the, the, uh, the other thing that I do, um, and this is something that came with maturity. Um, if you had caught teenage 20 year old Connor, um, as opposed to gray beard, been around the block a few times and, and have the wrinkles to show for it, Connor, I would have freaked out. But honestly, the thing I do that promotes that the most is at the beginning of the game and after a break, because I always do a break. Um, I allow people to talk about whatever they want to talk about. People do talk about their personal lives. People do talk about the things they got going on, the things that they're worried about, the things they're hopeful about. Uh, that they they get online and they celebrate their their you know the the awesome stuff that they've got going on, and they mourn their losses together. And that needs to be there. That table talk needs to be there. Um, and you know, like I said I, earlier, I was like, "But we're here to play a game." Well. Yeah, like we're still playing the game, but we need to make sure that everybody's getting out of it what they need. And, and you know, it's not just the game. They're there because they want to hang out with you. They want that relationship. And part of that just means sometimes you just got to talk about this stuff that's weighing on you um, because you trust the people at the table. You can, you can lay it down for a little bit. And so 15, 20 minutes at the beginning of, of our session, just people talking about the movie they saw or what's going on in their life. And after the break, if they needed a little bit more time to talk about it, we'll talk about it for another five or 10 minutes before we get back to playing. And that in that space, in, in, in that doing, um, that's what I think shifted the sorts of games that I run uh, from a cool story with some, uh, with some neat, uh, you know, plot hooks and 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 uh, cool uh, encounters to um, something where people just feel valued at the table. Um, they're still going to get the cool story. I, I really hope I delivered on those plot hooks, but you know, I want them to feel, I want them to feel good when they leave a table that I shared with them. I want them to feel valued, important, heard, and. Um, and so giving that space that you were talking about, 
Michael, I, that does that. Yeah, I'm curious, and Jim, I don't know if you have the question, but I, I will want to come back to how you design the game around that to make sure they feel valued. I think that would be very helpful to new game masters and people who really want to keep people coming back for more. Um, so I don't know if you want to talk about that now, or Jim, do you have another question you want to? Uh, I don't think I have a question. I was just going to just share an anecdote that, uh, I mean, everything that you're saying, Connor, I've experienced it like oh yeah we did that oh yeah we did that oh my gosh I'm glad to hear that we're not the only group that's experienced this like I mean during the pandemic I was running a game on Roll20 and we were using Discord as the um, the audio channel and uh, we didn't bother with video so it was literally we were doing Star Trek audio dramas like you know week in week out every every session because all we could hear we could hear each other and we were using Roll20 for the like the just the maps and the dice rolling and stuff Um, and it was super super fun right because we got we were really well connected and it was a great community of people that we were working together and i remember i remember like as we were getting into it we were doing like 15 20 we were up to like 20 sessions or something and um there was one night where you know everybody got there a little late for some reason it was just like one of those off kind of weird days and we were just uh you know shooting the breeze before the session like we always do and it got deeper and deeper and and we kept talking and we were just like connecting as a as a as a group and a community and uh all of a sudden it was like an hour and a half into it and uh somebody said oh you know were we gonna you know just you know not not like hey i'm here to play let's play it was more like oh you know we were gonna play tonight you know should we should we should we cut it should we just hang out like what do we want to do and we all kind of decided you know what we're having a good time just connecting and and, and being together uh, even though we're virtual, but, you know, and just uh, let's, let's just, you know, chill out and talk and have fun and not worry about the game because the game is there. The game will be there. We'll, we'll come back to it. We're not, we're not done with it. We're just, we're just taking the night off basically. And uh, it was so positive to have that moment of like, oh yeah, we can, we, we're not here just to game. We're here to, cause we like each other and we're having a good time. Um, so I just, I appreciate everything you just said because it just made me reflect on what a positive um experience that was that sometimes i lose sight of because i'm so caught up in everything else in the world it's like oh yeah i had that really great experience a few years ago and uh, i miss it um but uh it can happen again so that, i wanted to share that anecdote and then uh, michael i wanted to reflect on something you said and i think it's, it's got something to do with this whole maturity thread that we're talking about where we're we're, we're really drawn to bringing in group bringing in players i guess for me personally specifically for star trek that are at a certain maturity level and i don't think that's a bad thing uh to want that in your group like i think um what you were saying earlier connor where you know you want to build a community of like-minded people so that you're not getting the the random lone wolf in your game and all of a sudden it's throwing chaos into things and that's not what you're looking for um i remember you know way back in the 90s when i was uh i i was in college and i was trying to get a new group started uh again this is before the internet i actually um my co GM and I, we wrote up a little, a little piece of paper that said, Hey, we want to run a new star Trek game based in the next generation era. Cause I think next generation had just come out. It was like in season two or something. We're yeah, like, like 1990 there. Yeah. 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 We're loving next generation. We want to do a star Trek next generation RPG uh, using a homebrew. Cause we didn't like the fastest system at the time. And there was nothing else out there. I don't think last unicorn games was even out yet. Um, and we said, we want, we're looking for players who are 18 or older, you know, certain maturity level, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Here's the phone number. And I remember my co-GM and I, we were really, really intentional about either meeting prospective players 
at like, you know, we probably met him at McDonald's or a restaurant or something. Um, or we'd call him on the phone and we, and we would just talk to them for like half an hour, 45 minutes, basically an interview. Like we want you to, we want to play a game. We want some good players, but we're going to interview you. And gosh, I mean, looking back, it feels kind of pretentious to do this, right. To be like, Oh, I'm running this game, but I'm going to interview you before you can play. I'm not just going to invite you over and play. Right. But we were trying to sound people out because we'd gotten burned before on, on like random players who were just like going all over the place. And it's like, that's just not what we wanted for our game. And so we were much more deliberate. I mean, I remember we posted the the little advertisement at a local comic book store because this was even before game stores were a thing, right? Unless you were playing Warhammer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a really interesting, like, social experiment for us to, like, we were really nervous. Like, we're going to put this ad up. Are we even going to get anybody to respond to it? You know, we we didn't know. Because, like, you know, this is, you know, I mean, random, random people posting their phone number. Like, what, what kind of, uh, what are you going to, what are you going to dredge up out of the, out of the woodwork, right? It's so important, though, because yeah. honestly, you know, I, I, my nieces or nephews are, you know, growing up in the internet age, social media age. And we are all about vetting their friends. It's like, who are you talking to? And the whole family's engaged on this. Like, you don't talk to people you don't know because you don't know what the intention is. So it's sad Mm -hmm. that we live in that day and age. But likewise, we don't know if you're, you know, inviting just anybody to join your game, their intention. You just don't know. You can assume the best, but I think a screening process of some sort is just do because you want to have fun and you don't want someone to come in and start being negative or attacking other players or saying stuff off cuff who, you know, disingenuous in the session zero or something like that. There's a lot to that. I don't, I don't think people should be embarrassed about that. I know we want to be trusting, but um, we do have to admit that now we're meeting a lot of people on the internet nowadays and one of the biggest things that makes star trek adventures wonderful we hear it all the time is people come into the star trek adventure forums and they say wow this is such a non-toxic environment and when it starts getting there way that way the whole community at least from my experience are like okay that's enough we're good and and that safe space i don't do social media unless it's for star trek or my day job Mm. that's the only i don't have any of my personal stuff on there because i don't want any toxicity i don't scroll through it unless it's star trek and my day job (laughs) Um, (laughs) and i've done that just because i want to be a happy person and i just you know i need that for myself very very wise michael (laughs) right and so so, you know again you know connor's you know maybe talk about that you know is it is it a screening protocol you know is that just social media or is it also just people need to start doing stuff like that um, I'm always going to, I'm always going to advocate on the side of people need to feel safe in the situations that they're in. Um, it's really hard to have fun with the game if you don't feel safe. Um, and so every, every single person is going to have a different tolerance level for that. Um, and, and they're going to have a different level of need for that. And just knowing who you are and, and what you need, um, is, is going to be that vital starting point. Right. And, uh, so, um, as far as, um, the, the work that I do, um, I put a lot of things out there so that people feel like they can trust me, um, at the very least going in and understanding they could trust the person who's, who's, uh, controlling the button that can like instantly boot somebody from the game. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, even if you don't necessarily know each other, I mean, we're going to work on that, but if you know who I am, and 
and trust me, then then that goes a long way. Um, I so I try to maintain something of a public persona, um, you know, and 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 the the image of myself I put out there is pretty genuine. There's there's still a lot of stuff that that's pretty personal that I keep with me and my closest uh, in persons and uh, my family, but. Um, trying to trying to foster that sense of trust in me and and vice versa. Uh, a lot of times when I meet new players in my campaigns, I meet them at the session zero. Um, I can say that in my experience, if you start with that in depth conversation and you set those those ground rules and expectations um, early, like from the very beginning before you even start to play the game, it does tend to work a lot of that out. You, the experiences I had when I was much younger before I did this, um, there were a lot more problem, quote unquote, problem players. And I, and I don't like to call people problems because people aren't problems. They just had different needs and, and a different personality. And it just might not mesh with everybody. And that's cool. That's fine. There's, there's a gaming group out there for everybody. Um, but since starting that sort of session zero, um, I can count on one hand. The number of players I've had to ask to leave a campaign. And I, I'm a pretty prolific game master on start playing. I, I currently run uh, eight professional campaigns. Um, and, and, uh, and I've run hundreds of games just on that platform. And I can count the number of players I've had to ask to leave on one hand. And, and I think, I think a lot of that's just being willing to talk about it early. And often, um, because I, because you know, it 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 really does frame that in a way that prevents a lot of the issues that you're talking about. That said, yes, some of them have been pretty ugly, but um, some of those interactions have been pretty ugly, but a lot less than I was used to before. Winning, interesting. Yeah, that's that's, um, that's fascinating. I love the fact. That, I mean, if you could, uh, like, is it? Like thinking about your track record in terms of like having so few people that you've had to ask to leave. Like, do you think is is, is communication the number one uh, piece of it that you can pin on, or is there is there some other component you think that that leads to that level of um, of success? Um, I think sincerely, I believe it's communication. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe it's being willing to talk um, with each other. Um, I think it it facilitates like relationships where you don't want to hurt the other people. Um, but I think it also sets, it sets up a, um, the, um, a, a foundation where if you do have a problem come up in the game, it doesn't uh, metastasize and something much bigger. You're, you're able to just have a conversation about it early, work it out, keep going. Um, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of that communication that communication piece. But if it's something that you can't communicate through, you know, then usually people realize, oh, this is something we can't communicate through and they might decide to leave on their own without having to be asked. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So on, on that note, I, I was curious to get your thoughts on, on this piece of it. Um, I know that, um, and of course, in history, in, in years past, I've, I've I've seen stories like I'm sure we've all seen stories like this pop up in in gaming circles, and even now I think it still happens from time to time where where a gamer will find themselves in a game that is toxic, 
right? There, there is a, a bad faith player in there, or there, or there's just something wrong with that group. And I, I mean, you know, wrong, uh, where um, maybe someone's getting unwanted advances put on them, or someone's Ooh. being mentally abusive or something. And 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 yet they're afraid to leave the game because of the game, right? They love the community, or most of, they love most of the other players. They love the game. They love to have the opportunity to get away from their life for a little while and get into the game and have some fun. But even then, they're getting away from their life and into the game, and it's still this toxic environment. Um, I wanted, like, I don't know. I mean, there's any number of people who could be listening to this. You know, it's absolutely 100% okay to walk away from something like that. You know, there are tons of other games out there, but you, just, you know, focus on your good mental health. Like, you do not owe it to anybody to have to sit through any of that, right? And if you're unable to communicate with the game master or the other players, or they're unwilling to communicate, you know, don't hesitate to 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 take the move and, and take care of yourself. Um, I just wanted, to, I wondered if you have anything you know, if you agree, disagree, or if you uh, have other advice for for players out there, or even game masters who discover that they're kind of like stuck in this in this in this vortex of I'm playing this game or I'm running this game, and it's toxic, but I I can't get that communication with the group. I can't end it. Like like how what what are strategies to to navigate that or to break through it? Well, if you, if you start if you start with the idea that session zero never ends. Mm-hmm. It makes having that conversation again in the future easier because you've explicitly said we can have a conversation about any of this stuff at any point down the road. And and um, um, there's something there's something intuitive and powerful about having those conversations early um, and, and setting those sorts of expectations early, because once you say it out loud, magically it just falls into place and becomes a thing. Um, so. Um, I. I always, um, that's where I start. I recommend anybody else, if you're starting in a campaign, that um, if you're running the campaign, insist on a session zero uh, before you start, where you have those conversations. If you're a player, insist on a session zero before you start too, um, especially if you don't know the other players. And if you hear, well, we don't do that, that's usually a really big red flag, especially with people that you don't know. Um, you know, they do not put your fun as a priority. Um, and there might be, you know, some basic lacking of compassion there. Yeah. So, uh, Hey, you know what? That might be a good sign. Oh, you know what? Well, I decided I don't want to join, but you know, good luck with your game. You don't have to tell them why you can just go on to, uh, to find another game. And, And the good news about the internet, there's a ton of games you can join. Um, and you can find a game that's this curated pretty well for you if you're willing to look out there uh, for uh, it. I want to touch on one other thing because, you know, something real that's happening a lot is, you know, we're fortunate, I think, right now, at least we're where we are in time where more focus is being put on mental health as as a take care of yourself. I mean, this generation is probably going to be one of the most fortunate generations over the last century where it's not embarrassing anymore to get the help. I know I have in my, you know, life and it was, and now with my knees, I was like, I'm like, it's the best thing that I ever did. You know, it helped me figure out my triggers. It helped me, you know, it's not solving my problems. I'm still solving my problems, but I'm sure getting to know myself, you know, better. Um, And so there have been times I know in, in, again, my gaming group where maybe I noticed something's a little off 
but I'm not a doctor. I'm never going to be the kind of person to say, you should get mental health. But what are something, what are good tools that people can do, methodologies that if we do know something off, we know we want to put the person first, heal them so they can get back to having fun with us, you know? Um, what are some steps you would advise that a take if we notice something without being accusatory or, you know, uh, assume making assumptions? What are some good practices? Um, if you if you see somebody at your table that's struggling, um I highly recommend not doing an intervention. You know, I mean, it, it's great television. It's it's really crappy way to treat people who are going through a difficult time. Um, if you are discussing whether players a game, they're like, hey, you know, Chuck looks like he's, you know, he seems a little bit off lately. Somebody just say, you know, I'm close enough to Chuck. Let, like, I'll go have a one-on-one -on -one with Chuck at some point, private. You know, we'll we'll hang out, we'll we'll grab a coffee and we'll talk or something. Um and 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 sort of approaching it that way. Um, if you can, if you've got that bandwidth, I highly recommend um, as many people as possible, um, both clinicians and especially lay people, look into something that's called mental health first aid. A quick Google search will tell you about this. What it is, is it's a one-day training. And what they do is they just talk to you about signs of mental health struggles in an individual or a person and the things that you can do to support them and help them get whatever help it is that they need um, up to and including basic, not suicide uh, uh, prevention or treatment, but suicide intervention. Hey, you know, you're going through a lot. I'm here with you the entire time. Let's get on the phone and call somebody who can help. And, and they, and they do a really good job of teaching you that. Um, it's, uh, community agencies offer it. Um, it's uh, often free or incredibly low cost. You could save a life the same as if you um, uh, become certified in CPR. You know why so, I love you saying that? I want to interject here is because make, being too reactive can actually be a bone breaking in a situation mm -hmm. like that too, where the person feels isolated because it's like, but I, 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 there was something you said where you go, you know, check with somebody else like, hey, have you noticed something? I want to be clear that when you're asking that question, it's not to rally people to your cause. <laughs> it's it's to sincerely just gather some data and figure out best approach. Some of the ones you just described, mental health, you know, first aid. But but want to be clear that some people get very attached to their characters, to the games, to the group as their outlet. So just because someone misbehaves once is not a reason to kick somebody out of a group, which could have actually worse effect, correct? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, everybody has an off night. Everybody's entitled to that. Like we we all have our days where, where we're off. Um, and sometimes we realize it early and we're like, hey, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I got, I can't, we'll be able to play tonight. I've got some things I got to take care of. Um, and then, you know, you take care of yourself that night. Um, sometimes you don't realize it until you're sitting at that table and that's okay. Um, it's perfectly okay. Um, a supportive group of friends will be there for you and they'll understand it might just be one night. If you, if you see um, a pattern where you're really worried about somebody, then maybe, maybe it's time to have a discussion then, you know, without confrontation, without everybody teaming up or anything like that. Just, just a, Hey, is everything all right? Like I noticed that you seem a little irritable or you seem a little distracted. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to add on, you know, uh, just at the end. So people know for this episode, some of the things you 
suggested some of the links or something like that. I'll make sure to email you, Connor, so you can give me a little list of some of those resources that people could reach out to um, so that we can add a slide on that um, toward the end of this, this um, video cast here, just because I like people to have resources to go because it's such a deep subject, we can't expect them to comprehensively know the right thing to do after watching our podcast about Star Trek Adventures, oh, no, uh, but no. they may want to, you know, proceed go go a little further after. We want to encourage people. Um, it's definitely now in this day and age with all the stresses and anxieties in life, worth knowing how to do, you know, mental health first aid. <laughs> Lots of companies yeah. teach it now, um, at intervention. Um, but um, if people are interested in the subject, we'll we'll provide them some links for that. Thank you. All right. I know Jim had another follow-up too, since we're I talking had, Star had, Trek adventures. I had uh, I had one last question for you, Connor, and um, I, I'm really curious because because of, of your wealth of experience as a game master, as a professional game master, and a game master is you, know, you're, you said you're running eight different games right now, uh, mm -hmm. probably a variety of genres. I'm sure it's not all Star Trek. No. Um, in my experience over you know umpteen million years of running games, and uh, most of them being Star Trek, but also playing D and D and just other RPGs and stuff. Um, I, with different groups, I have discovered consistently. Now I don't know if it's me as a game master or if it's just the 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 gaming zeitgeist that that I've been with these different groups. I have found that a Star Trek game, whether it's Star Trek Adventures or just other Star Trek games, has a very different vibe at the table, and the players vibe into it differently than they do compared to like a D and D game or a Pathfinder game or Star Frontiers or just any literally anything else. Um, my groups and I have been able to tell much more mature and thoughtful stories with Star Trek than we have been able to do with any other game. And I mean, we've had some great D&D &D sessions. We've had some great, you know, other game system se sessions, but they never quite hit the same way as Star Trek. And I'm, and I'm wondering, I've never been able to figure out why, really, other than the fact that we all love Star Trek. And, and it's that it, literally any genre can fit into it and you can tell thoughtful meaningful stories you could have whole sessions where you're never even rolling the dice right i mean you can just literally be just be doing role play character stuff back and forth all night long and i've never been able to do that with another group in another game right like because like in my group my my groups i've played with like when we do D, &D like we have these great role playing great role playing moments and then as soon as an encounter comes up right the the minis and the dice hit the table and all of a sudden we're in like tactical combat mode and that's just the way our brains switch right and then as soon as the combat's over like all that goes away and we're right back into the role playing phase of things so i'm curious like have you experienced anything like this playing all the different games running all the different games that you've played like does star trek as a you know IP entity individual of itself, not specifically Star Trek Adventures. Like, do you do you get that sense that things are different among these different games? Or have you been able to do like really cool Star Trek-y stuff like that in other um in other game systems? Um that's that's a really good question. Um I think a lot of times when folks uh sign up to play a certain kind of game. Like, I really want to hop in on this game. They're going to automatically think to their understanding of the property. Like, I know when I watch Star Trek, there's a pretty good chance there's going to be some sort of tension and interpersonal conflict. Um, there's probably going to be something with uh, individuals' personal lives. Very likely, there's not going to be combat. Um, and uh, and going into a uh, a Star Trek game, 
Um, that's one of those things that you just sort of accept. They're they're going to have a problem. There's going to be tension that they're going to they're going to have to diffuse it. They're going to have to solve the problem. But that problem might not ever involve them picking up a phaser or a disruptor or a bat left. They might just have to talk it out or science it out or or, or cooperate it out um, and and solve it together. And so I think people hopping into a Star Trek game go in with that because of their understanding. Um, I can say with 100% certainty that other games can deliver that as well. It's just people have to have a good understanding of, of what that's going to look like going in. Um, there is a one of my campaigns um, that I run every other Thursday. Uh, a, a large um, a large portion of the of the players in it are mental health professionals. I don't know why. It's just the way it worked out. Um, they will get together and for an entire session not roll a dice, and it's Dungeons and Dragons, and they will not roll a dice because they are so interested in telling meaningful stories about their characters, about their about their interactions with each other, about how they interact with the environment and the story. Um, they they get as much pleasure out of sitting around a campfire and their characters telling stories and supporting each other um and being there for each other uh as as they more than they would even from a fight and usually a lot of times when the fight comes they're usually just itching to get the fight over i love uh, that love so they can that. so they so they can get back to loving on each other supporting each other dealing with adversity together um and so you can find that it's just it depends on less about the game although although the game is important because it does frame everything and more about what people are bringing with them to the table and what they're looking to get out of the experience um so uh to answer that question you can find it in other games it's it's more about what it's more about the spice that the players add yeah Interesting. Than, than the pot than the pot that you cook it in that the game provides yeah yeah oh that's fascinating uh, it, it, it's so encouraging to hear that uh because uh, it, it's i mean i, I think it's just the the groups i've been with and the experiences that i've had uh, we i've just never been able to find quite that kind of group that would do like D D, but like the dice and the stuff isn't as important as just telling the story um so that it's heartening so at some point someday i'll find a group that does that <laughs> beautifully enough and 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 this is like when you're like okay how has the mercer effect affected your game um the mercer effect has affected my games because players don't come in to it automatically thinking in terms of comic statistics only. Um, they actually want to get to know these characters as individuals and see how they interact with each other and how they view their world and, you know, and, and find the magic in those moments as well. Um, so, um, you know, critical role, thank you uh, for doing that for us uh, so that we can expand the number of stories. Um, I, I can remember this group. I'm not even going to lie. The moment where I felt like, holy crap, I made it. As a, as a storyteller was when I had one of the players, one of the players' characters, marry an NPC mm. before before they walked into um, Castle Ravenloft. Just like um, just like a um, you know a I'm going off to war sort of moment, and an entire episode where there was a wedding in D and um, I'm like, okay. Yes. At this point, um, I feel I feel like I, I feel like I've officially made it as a dungeon master. Um, 
let's keep going. And and we've told lots of great stories since then. But um, oh, that's awesome. Um, so speaking of which, uh, I, I, I wanted—I promised you this at the at the top of the show, or I mean, even before we started recording, um, I wanted to give you the opportunity to tell us a little bit about your campaign. Uh, you, you mentioned artifact reclamation, and I'm fascinated. So I, I was wondering if we if we could take a moment. Uh, you know, clearly, all this mental health stuff super important, but mm-hmm. thought maybe you could just share a little bit about your um, about your campaign. Oh, okay. Well, um, I. I'm very fortunate. I um, I do run a Star Trek Adventures campaign. I'm a huge Star Trek Adventures fan. Have been since the game came out. But I mean, I'm 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 a Star Trek I'm a Star Trek nerd. Always have been. The um, the story I I knew when I when I put together this campaign, I wanted to do something different. I didn't want to just you know look you know we're Starfleet or ooh twist now we're Klingons. I wanted I wanted to tell a type of story that might be a little bit different. And so what we've done is I've created a game where people are just Federation citizens. Um, they are paid. Um, they they formed a, a company of 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 experts and, and they're paid for jobs where they simply reclaim, like rightfully reclaim things that were taken um from uh from people and there's a there's a a rich lore history in star trek uh surrounding this um they are currently finishing up season one um and they are working for jill aura and if you don't know who jill aura is jill aura is the daughter that was portrayed in the episode four lights the daughter who who's brought in by her cardassian father and sees picard there being tortured Whoa. And the and the dad talks to her about um about you know the uh about how individuals like Picard had robbed their people of culture and they don't really love you know their people the way that, that he does and the way that she does. And you, you get you get it you get a hint of that even just from the goal there. Um that he just like Picard has has a sense of history, uh, pride in his culture, a love a love of their own history. He talks about artifacts that were stolen, that were sold off, like like sold at, at bargain basement prices to help fund the uh, the war effort against the Bajorans, against the Bajoran people. Um, so the story that I have is set at the time of Picard. So it's a good 30, 40 years later. By this point, Jill Ora is a grown adult and she is an archaeologist herself um, at uh, at a university in Cardassia. And she's made it her life mission to help bring as many of those pieces of history home to her people as possible. And so um, and so what what it does is it it sets up these here. The, our heroes, our protagonists of the story who are Federation citizens are like, you know what? Like, we've got a lot of moral stuff going on there. We know the Cardassians did horrible things. Jill didn't do horrible things. The Cardassian people still deserve their history. Um, and we know even going, we have the, the, the benefit of looking forward and seeing, uh, you know, in the year 3000, the Bajor, the, the, or the Cardassians are part of the Federation. Yeah. Right. They, you know, the uh, the peoples were, were able to to um, to grow together past their adversity. And so 
the heroes of the story have reclaimed um, things that have particular meaning to the people of Cardassia who are trying to rebuild their, themselves after the Dominion War. Um, and, and so you call it Star Trek Reclamation? Is that the name? Uh, so the um, it's on Start Playing and the name of the campaign. And I, I write the episodes myself. Um, it is called as I, as I pull it up. Yeah, and then I'm going to ask if you do if there's a place I could look at the artifact hunters. Artifact. Art, and, and can, is, is there a place we can look at the post play reports? Uh, so. Uh, Right there, there are um, like some reviews that were written by players who have been in the campaign. I, I tend to, to protect the games that I run as sacred spaces. Nice. Um, you know that the, those experiences are meant for the people that are at the table, and so um, and so I do I do maintain that. But you know they might decide that that they want to share um, some things in in the reviews, and if people come and ask me questions, you know, as long as I know I'm respecting the people. Um, who, hey, who I'm feeling sort of with, yeah. Protect it. We had Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly on a couple of weeks ago. They're the writers of the Star Trek um, comic, IDW publishing, uh, Star Trek writers. And they admit that the what they're writing now was based off their games 13 years ago, 14 years ago, that they're pulling in actual characters and plot lines. That's and I'm like, awesome. that's so deep. So uh, what you have is sacred space. And I hope one day to see this in novel form or comic form or something like that. That'd be so cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's a really cool story to tell. Um, it's a really cool story it. to tell. And what we we I, I put them at the Bozeman at the Bozeman uh, historical site at the time that uh, that the the Borg uh, the Borg virus took uh, took over uh, the Federation ships in season uh, three of Picard. Mm-hmm. Like, so they're in Bozeman when all of a sudden the young ensigns are like going all Borg and shooting <laughs> oh, people. Cool. Like, and and so I'm narrating like, oh, you know, you're at the, you know, the futuristic version of TGI Fridays, just getting, a, you know, an awesome mm-hmm. blossom. And, it, you know, and I'm, I'm leaning into like, okay, mixing the Picard, mixing the lower decks, pulling these story elements, pulling in like elements like Petra from lower decks, but also Bash from, from the next generation. So, um, you know, dropping dropping the story hooks and seasoning them throughout from all these years of, of these great stories that we've all shared together. Mm. It's, I love it's, it. I, I, I when you were talking about it, I just love the idea of this group going to reclaim the lost artifacts, like going go going to find the Kivas Fajos of the Collectors Guild and like having a conversation with them and saying, you know that interesting thing in your collection? We that actually belongs to this species and um you know planet umpty ump and they kind of want it back. Um they, and- they did they did that. It, they went yeah. to a they went to a collect uh to a collection um uh at, from uh to reclaim a um, a Cardassian fertility idol and my and microscopic print along the surface uh, was an entire lineage of a village, and so it was like genealogical information. It wasn't just an object of artistic beauty. There's genealogical information, and Jill Orr is like, I'd really like this back um, because this could help tell the story of this region, mm. um, you know, in in a poignant way. So, is there any way that you can? And so, yeah, they, oh, they, 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 they try to cause a distraction by playing up, uh, you know, Ferengi greed and, and like, um, like, uh, uh, an Andorian, um, um, artifact hunter, uh, put 
herself in like this mobile iron lung thing and said that she was a big Joran war veteran. To, <laughs> now <laughs> now my to... dream is for them to run into the think tank from Voyager, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who are the ultimate collectors. Mm-hmm. I want, now I want to see that as their arch enemies. I love this story you read. Oh my gosh, there's so much here. We could just, we, I can spend a whole nother episode and just riffing <laughs> off all this, uh, all this stuff, Michael and Connor. Uh, this is yeah. great. Um, I was going to say something. What was it? Oh, um, uh, this is a little bit of a non sequitur, but it's related to something that Connor Connor mentioned. And I want to I wanted to just take that little nugget out and expand on it just for the for the fans who are listening. I know we're getting closer to wrapping up here, but um, um, Connor mentioned that, you know, he it's really important that you make the games a sacred space and that what happens in the game is for that group of people and you're not going out of your way to sharing the stories with the outside world you're not making the effort to record it you're not making the effort Mm -hmm. to put in all the tchotchkes and all the sound effects and all the uniforms and all that stuff and so i i want our listeners to to remember you know if you're getting just getting into the game don't feel overwhelmed by having thinking that you need to have the high production values of, of of certain groups out there. You don't have to share the stories with anybody. You don't. I mean, Michael will love to put your stuff on continuing mission because we just love to share. You know, if you're doing Captain's Log, we love to share your stories. because We love to. We love. We're story, we're storytellers, right? You got to tell stories back and forth and share them. But don't feel like you have to do it. Keep it to your group, you know, talk to your group at your session zero or your continuing session zero. And if they're comfortable sharing with it, sure, share share it if you want to. But it's totally okay to make this a private little happy little box that you keep to yourself and you grow it together with your group and you don't have to share it. And uh, I know, especially in this day and age of social media and like everything is out there on, on TikTok and YouTube and Twitch and like everybody's sharing everything. And some people are (laughs) oversharing. It's just too much. Um, You know, it's, it's totally okay. Especially in this day and age to have something private for yourself and for your group and just like, enjoy it. And, and, uh, and people can be like, Oh, what's that all about? And you can tell them a little bit, but you don't, have to you don't have to share it it's okay yeah. well and you know what we we, we we've like been cutting our teeth now on actual plays on ap's and people mm-hmm. like running their games openly and and you know if if everybody's on board with that like let's do that um before this our games were private they were for us and our friends uh and I, you know, a part of that is a part of me working to create that safe space with the players is letting them know, hey, you can, you know, you can act the clown in here like it's fine. Um, It's not going to be disseminated on the Internet. You don't need to worry about what you say um, or if something comes out and it's not the most ideal way or we have a like it's 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 between us. It's it's our space. It's it's our story. It's between us and um, and for the players I run for, um, that works for them. So yeah. So I mean, I lo- I'm loving the general theme. I, you know, myself and Jim talk a lot about how Star Trek Adventures is really steam in action. You know, playing steam, which is you know science, <laughs> technology, electronic. Uh, uh, engineering arts and mathematics and and that's so mentally healthy to fire off all those synapses and so we really want to encourage people you know have fun with the game there's enough stress in the world if you're able to create a safe space where people feel refreshed and walk away you know with their imagination fired up a little bit more 
or going to maybe a dismal job or maybe a hard family situation and then being able to say at least the one thing, well, you know what? My escape is here. And when I do it, it's healthy. It feels good. I mean, what a great thing to be able to provide for people, right? And I know we talked about, you know, that this was a survival mechanism for a lot of people, this little piece of hope, which to me is so wonderful because that's what Star Trek is all about, is seeing human humanity at its best. And we get to live it actually right here and create that. Um, let's do maybe, you know, a final word from Jim about the subject and a final word from Connor about the subject. And then we'll go into our gratitude uh, session. And and actually, I'm going to want want to uh, when you get to Connor, we'll, uh, we'll have Jim and then Connor. Connor, make sure to let us know where we can connect with you online too. like where can we find you on social media? But Jim, any final statement about mental health and gaming? Uh, mental health and gaming. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I mean, from I'm just gonna go personally and just say it's been really important to have have this outlet and this in the safe space to 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 not just work in, but also just to 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 live in for the last several years. I mean, the last seven, eight years or something, uh, it's just been challenging with just a lot of different things going on in the world and personally and everything else. And uh, to know that I had Star Trek Adventures to lean into, uh, not just working on it, but just you know connecting with the fans, connecting with uh, writers and um, uh, freelancers and stuff. Um, has done wonders for my mental health. <laughs> like, like, I don't even know where I'd be right now if I, if I didn't have this type of outlet. I mean, I'm sure I'd be doing some um, fiction writing or something, but it's just very different to have this community that we've developed around the game. And um, it's, it's awesome to, to see it. And uh, I hope that gamers out there, I hope you find a like community, whether it's Star Trek or D&D, like whatever game you're playing. I'm sure a lot of games out there have communities like this. Um, so I hope you I hope you find it. I hope you find you're happy and uh, and embrace it and then and then build it right. Like they'll like bring people along with you because um, uh, if, if you're getting a benefit from it, maybe you can reach out and help somebody else get a benefit out of it as well. OK, Connor, final words and where we can find you. Well, um I, I thanks for tuning in. Uh, if it just by just by sharing the space and listening, um, you know, uh, it, it it helps uh, send the message that this is an important topic to think about and discuss, um, and and it, it creates a, a it, it creates a hobby that's more welcoming for everybody. Um, yeah, as a as a side note, uh, I, I I always do try to hammer out that there's a difference between therapy and therapeutic. Um, a therapy RPG is not the same as a ther- as a therapeutic game. A therapeutic game is just one that supports your health, like the ones that we're talking about. Therapy is always delivered by a trained professional that's qualified and licensed. Um, so um, they are out there. Um, there are resources out there that uh, that you can touch on to to get information. Take this dot org uh, can link you up with some of those if you're interested in in therapy. Um, now, uh, in addition, I, I I throw out there if um, if you're hitting a rough spot and you just need somebody to talk to, um, there is a 24 hour hotline where you can sit and there's always somebody on the other end of that phone who will answer it and who will listen to you. Um, you can just in the United States dial 988. Um, to be connected uh, with with uh, the suicide prevention hotline, um, even if uh, you are not immediately, um, if you're not thinking about self harm, but you just need somebody to talk to, they'll listen. Um, so, uh, as far as as me again, uh, my name is Connor Self. I am a therapist, uh, a gaming creative, um, professional DM, and a charity lead. Um, I'm the president of Deep Summit Charities. 
Uh, we're a 501c3 that educates people like I'm doing here right now with y'all talking to you about an important issue. We do it at conventions as well. We run a large fundraiser convention every year in April that helps fund these efforts and also supports great causes. Uh, you can uh, learn more about that at the letter D, number eight, summit.org. Uh, we are uh, currently planning our 2024 show. Um, it's going to be awesome. Um, I'm kind of sad I won't be able to get at, uh, um, Al Spader again this year. I've been asking him like year after year because uh, we go back um, a ways. Um, but uh, I can I can promise you there will be a non-zero amount of Star Trek adventures, but also some other really great games there as well. Um, and where is that located at? Uh, it is located, uh, it's April 19th to 21st in Dixon, Illinois. It's a short piece from O'Hare Airport. Um, there, it's a, um, it's a very affordable thing. It's ran by a charity. 100% of the money that we raise at the event actually funds charity efforts. We've, we've donated to homeless shelters, food banks, suicide prevention, youth activities. Um, so, uh, and, education efforts we go so to different all of those links so we can post it around this episode we want absolutely to sure do that I'll, please we'll i'll make sure you it. get all of it come on out i'll give you a hand i'll give you a high five and a handshake or a <laughs> hug if you want it um the uh so that's pretty cool um to find me if you're interested in finding me uh i am on twitter and blue sky at the healer dm um all one word dm like dungeon master um you can also find me on uh on the internet you can go to my website with links to everything uh that website is thehealerdm.card with two r's.com uh you can it has contact information for me and links to a bunch of things i've written if you're interested in, in finding games that uh that actually tell hopeful stories um uh, and you know you can find me all over the place. I'm um, I'm a guest of honor at Gary Con this next year for the 50th anniversary of that Dragons game. Um, but uh, one one thing that I always tell people is if you take the time to stop with me, I'm going to take the time to stop with you. Um, so like you know if you see me, let's let's chat. Um, I'm I'm that sort of person. Thank you for making yourself so accessible. So I'm going to start gratitude right there and then we'll hit Connor and close out with Jim as normal with our gratitude. Um, I'm going to thank you, Connor, because this is such an important subject for you to come on our show and take the time for this um, to help people is what you're doing. And in a larger world, I want to thank all the mental health professionals out there, especially the ones through the pandemic, um, even medical professionals who themselves needed mental health services after what they went through. So um, I'm a big proponent on get the help you need. Um, you know, yeah, there's there's different types of solutions people have. It could be a spiritual solution. It could be a pharmaceutical solution under the advisement of a doctor. Mental health is so important nowadays um, that people just like they check their physical health and do exercise. You also need to check your mental health and do exercises to stay strong. So really appreciate Connor, you bringing this to the show. Um, such a valuable guest. It's been too long, but we're still glad to have too long in getting this show done, but we're glad to have got it done. Uh, <laughs> finally, you know, done. And hopefully you'll come back again um, in the future. All right, Connor, so you can do gratitude and we'll pass over to Jim when you're done. Um, I, I, I want to echo, uh, what you said, uh, uh, a big amount of gratitude out there to the helpers. Um, there, there are always people who aren't running away from a crisis. They're running toward it. 
um, find out who those people are um, and support them. Um, but I, I definitely want to um, to give a big shout out um, to uh, Michael and Jim. Um, part of of the problem that we have around mental health is first of all we sort of break off mental health like it's separate from physical health but really it's just health um they uh and we we attach a stigma to mental health that we would never dream of doing to physical health um and that people are ashamed and hide it like it's a, like it's a moral failing when it's not um the uh just having those discussions uh makes it more likely that when people need help, they'll seek it. Um, so uh, my gratitude is to all the people who are willing to be vulnerable, you know, um, that will say, hey, this is my experience. This is my walk. This is how it helped me. There's nothing wrong with you if if you have to go out there and seek that. So that's my gratitude. Mm. I sense well, a theme. So echoing, echoing both of you, I'm going to I'm going to thank uh, you, know, you, Connor, and all the mental health professionals that are out there um, from as far as back as I can remember. Like I, I was I'm Gen X. Uh, I was brought up with my family like, like they did their best. Uh, we were never encouraged to talk about our problems, about our issues. We kept it very quiet, very Midwestern, very, uh, you know, don't, you know. Keep, keep things on the level, keep things to yourself. Um, and uh, I discovered as you get older, as I got older, that that was a detriment to my mental health. And uh, it wasn't until I really, really needed help that I reached out and I said, you know what, I can't, I'm in a situation, I cannot get out of this on my own. So, in, in, you know, very next day, I, re I reached out to a mental health professional. And I said, I need, I need some assistance here because I don't have the, I don't have the history or the knowledge or the experience to figure out how to navigate this. And this is what you're trained to do. So please help me. And uh, so I am grateful for all the mental health professionals who've helped me and who have helped others. Uh, that led me to becoming a deacon at my church and to becoming a Stephen minister and becoming a, you know, a, a, a wounded healer myself. So um, you, you, you get help and then you help others who need help. Uh, that's, that's always been my philosophy. And um, yeah, so just grateful for everybody who's, who's doing that hard work and running, running when running toward things when other people are running away. Connor, you hit it right on the head there. Um, you know, be a helper if you can, or if you can't be a helper, then get out of the way of the helper so that they can go help somebody, right? Um, and then finally, I'm grateful to all the fans, all the fans who've been playing this game uh, from the beginning, uh, all the fans who love Star Trek and are just on this ride with us. Uh, grateful for that community. The the Star Trek family grows every day by by leaps and inches and bounds and uh, i'm just grateful to be part of it grateful to be enabling one little piece of it with this game uh and uh, i'm sure uh, uh you know sure hope everybody's having fun with it and uh you know reach out tell us about it tell us uh, we just love to hear your stories and uh safe space I, i've always got a safe space so you know i'm not as outgoing as connor you know i'm a little bit more introverted but uh, if you ever run into me at a convention or, or something you know don't hesitate to come up talk to me sign my book because I always want the fans to sign my book. I mean, I'm happy to sign yours, but I'd rather you sign mine because that's that's satisfaction for me is just knowing how many people um, have been touched and uh, and get to enjoy just being part of the Star Trek, uh, the universe as it is. So thank you to everybody. And Connor, thank you for being on the show. This is so important, uh, this topic. And I wish we could do more of these episodes. So I, I'd love to have you back sometime to go into more detail on other things or even more deeper into mental health or something. But uh, thank you for being here. Really appreciate you taking the time with us tonight. Yep. So as always, I-D-I-C. 
Uh, be safe, be well, live long and prosper. We'll talk to you all next time. Lead with love.